Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Women Effect Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am incredibly grateful that you're joining us for the first time. The outcome that we're after on each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as we cross paths with to inspire and to help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How we go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. Our guest for this week is online business coach and youth motivational speaker, Eric Salzenstein. Eric's journey is something incredibly special and signifies in such a powerful way the process and the possibility of change. Before discovering his purpose in life, he struggled and battled with drug addiction, anxiety, and greed. His life spiraled out of control and he found himself in a courtroom facing some serious time. Eric was sentenced to four years in prison and made a decision to do whatever it was going to take to transform his life. During his time inside, he spent his time wisely, day and night changing, tweaking, and rewiring himself to match the future self he wanted to create and manifest. Sometimes the biggest driving forces in life don't come from the greatest memories. We all make poor choices and bad decisions in life that lead us to really unfortunate situations. But what you do in those dark times dictate your future. Some of the things that jumped out to me when I had an opportunity to interview Eric was his ability to be able to communicate his message so eloquently. And you can definitely tell he has put in the work. Without any further delay, let's go ahead and bring on today's guest and stand by for a quick message from our co-host, West Bays. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. All right, I'd like to uh, welcome Eric Salzenstein to the show. Eric, welcome. Ah, thank you. Yeah, excited to be here with you guys. Dude, I'm stoked, man. Completely yeah. stoked. I'm looking forward to this. I know that you're in Orlando, Florida, and just got off a run. We just had a little chat before we hit, kind of hit record and kind of went into this, but I've been looking forward to this and bringing all the value that you bring to your customers, clients, companies, businesses, and what you do nowadays. And your story is amazing, man. There's a lot of layers to you. Um, but for the most part, I kind of kicked this off. I guess the easiest probably way to kind of lean into everything in your story, because there's so much you've done, right? And so much you've had to overcome and put yourself in the situation you are in now, how you're making such a huge impact. And of course, COVID's put a wrench into, you know, a lot of people when they did a lot of public speaking, motivational stuff, you do a lot of things with the youth. And I want to talk a lot about that because that's really inspiring for people to understand and catching them while at that very young age before they make maybe some poor choices and decisions in life. And it kind of changes their whole life. You know what I mean? So for the most part, I guess if for a new person and you met him, maybe met him at Starbucks and they asked you, what do you do? How would you kind of describe yourself, Eric? Oh, this is a great question. And I, uh, I actually, before I, I'm going to go into that, but this is as far as for all our listeners out there, pivot or positioning with your business. This question is so, so important. And where I think people mess up is when you're at a networking event, you're at a dinner party, uh, you're pot, you know, going on a live. If you just say what you do 
and you don't connect any or uh, any heart, any emotion to it, you are leaving right. so much on the table. And so if you're at a networking event and you've got five people in a circle and everybody spews out what they do, it's all a blur at the end. But yes. if you're the one person to really inject some heart, some emotion, some story into that, and you do it in a compact, concise, powerful way, I promise you, you're going to be remembered above all else. So uh, mm-hmm. to answer that, um, you know, I've got a journey uh, and, and really, uh, the, if, we, if we put it into a phrase, it would be from prison to purpose. You know, I struggled with addiction for many, many years, selling drugs, doing drugs, had the entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurial spirit from an early age. And that went into uh, uh, harder things that went into illegal things. And basically it took on a vicious cycle and grew a life of its own. And, um, you know, I had no vision, no direction, mm-hmm. no ambitions. And uh, it all came crashing down, man. And uh, 22 years old facing life in prison for a drug deal gone wrong uh, and armed robbery. And um, I bit off more than I can chew. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, going, uh, serving four, ended up serving four years in prison. And that's where my story began. That's where I finally had to face right. my biggest enemy, which was myself. Um, and since then, I've been able to transform while I was inside. Um, and since getting out, have made my mess my message. And so mm-hmm. now I show up incredibly strong for the people that I work with, uh, for my community, for my clients, uh, for strangers. And, um, and it's really uh, stepping into something bigger than myself. And so that's uh, an all-encompassing. What I do now as a business coach and a speaker is share my message and, and help people get their messages out as well. And so with the way that you explained it, and I loved how you framed it. And a lot of people... When they go to answer some type of question that way, because it, it literally happens that quick. It's like an elevator pitch when someone asks you, what do you do for a living? I, I, imp- I make impact with people and companies and corporations, and I change lives. This is what I do for a living. Right. If you can't sell yourself, bro, mm-hmm. how do you expect to sell someone else mm-hmm. on what you do? I yep. mean, you have to put it in, you know, in a very compact and compact and putting that heart and that passion because it's one thing in life you can never fake is passion yeah. and, and a lot of and all three of us collectively you know we make impacts with companies and corporations we, just anybody that we come in contact with we're going to make an impact we're going to leave them better than when we very first met them there it and is. that's something that i always try to convey and i try to really explain to people is like listen any second you could change your life any second mm-hmm you can, you can literally change everything for yourself. And it starts with here. And, and where are you, and you talked about, you know, being a prison in, in transformation and that's where you created yourself from yep. your story. You're, you know, like there's a very thin line between illegal and legal, right? Of it's a very thin line. It, it all comes from your maybe surroundings where you grow up. It could sure. be the people that, you know, you put yourself in those types of situations because you always want to be, you know, maybe looking for acceptance and trying to fit in. Yeah. It's kind of, it's just the way it, it's the way it is. It's human rapport. It's human nature. You're going to try to commonality depending on where you grow up in the world. I know you come from Maine now living in Florida and the, what you do, man, I think it's amazing that you answered that in that way. And a lot of people don't frame it. I don't know if you were just buying some time to come up with the right answer, but it was a great way of doing <laughs> no, it. No, no. We call that the two-minute power story. Right. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. So I know that COVID is through you a wrench, right? And you do a oh, lot yeah. of public speaking, a lot of public speaking. And I've, I've watched a lot of your content even before our you know, previous conversations that we had. I, I can't remember who actually introduced us. Jake Kelfer, I believe, right? Jake, it was Jake. That's right. Yeah, it was Jake. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it was Jake. So Jake, man, he's, his elevate himself. He elevate others. Yeah. I love his story. And he was, he yeah. came on and we blew it up. 
Yeah. Right? We blew it up. So with everything with COVID and forcing you guys to do a lot of virtual stuff, I know that you do next level coaching university. And I know that we can, we get into that. And that's kind of like your hub mm-hmm. and where you kind of drive people towards and trying to inspire and help people and make an impact. When COVID happened, I mean, how, how did you pivot at that time from doing a lot of live speaking to doing a lot of stuff now virtually? Yeah. Uh, so we, we lost, I would say close to 30,000 in, in contracts and business with speaking, uh, like in a matter of a week, uh, that was, you know, offers that were on the table, money that was like put down. Um, yeah, it was just, and, and so the ground kind of fell out there. And so mm-hmm. we, the, the coaching business was definitely accelerating. It was picking up. Our clients had been getting great results and, and I was getting ready to go into my switch over to group. I couldn't handle the one-on-one we were, we were reaching, um, we're at 20 K months about that time, mm-hmm. uh, one-on-one only. So I was stretched thin. And basically at that point, when I realized, when I saw what was happening and I think for all of us, what it's, it's a, it's a, it's a matter of, okay, well, how do we adjust? You know, what's, I think it's army adjust and overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a motto I lived by in prison. Uh, and so it was, it was, it was simple. It was, it was, okay, where are the adjust, what, what adjustments are we making here? Um, and how are we going to overcome this situation and not just get by? And so right yeah. away, all efforts like completely stopped on speaking. We just like, I just said, we're not even giving this attention. We stopped yeah. our email. I, I mean, everything. And I just switched over to. So it wasn't a hard transition at all. No, 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 no. It was a decision. The same thing you said up here. It was just a decision. Right. It was seeing the landscape. It was a decision. And then it was all energy, all focus, all efforts were, were, were growing this coaching business. And yeah. I don't think Wes, when, when everything popped off, I didn't even know it was really happening until it happened. And it was, I don't really think we spent a lot of time discussing what we needed to do us. We just kind of made a move. Yeah, absolutely. Quick, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And that's how it is. I mean, you have to adjust in business in general, you have to adjust. And uh, I think for a lot of people, it's kind of like adjust or die, right? If you don't, mm-hmm. if you don't think on that, and that's what you are as an entrepreneur is you're somebody who is yeah. there to make important decisions at critical time and that nobody else can really make. And that's why you're, you're in the seat that, that you're in. Um, so for you, Eric, I mean, what was, what did that adjustment look like? What did you guys end up doing? So at that point in time, uh, I knew I, I wasn't, I was, I didn't have a coach at that point in time and I was mm-hmm. craving to get involved into something again. Um, and so I was, I actually invested at that time. I invested, uh, it was a 24 K for the year investment into a mastermind. So, uh, but, but what type of masterminds like business? business or, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I knew like, and, and this is, again, it's, it's leaning in it's, and mm-hmm. I know the power of coaching. I know the power of mentorship. And so I, I knew I was craving additional support, additional accountability, a group of like-minded individuals. And so even when I lost a bunch of money, I, that was a time I actually invested, which is, this is the first time I've actually spoken about that out loud. It's, it's kind of interesting to say, and that's, I mean, I'm telling my, my prospects, my clients to do the same thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to say I'm living that. And it, it was, um, my pits were sweating before I made the investment on that one, biggest one yet into coaching, but I knew that was the move. And, and so did that. And then the rocket boosters came on and it wasn't so much like we didn't implement any new strategies. I have a great coach. Um, it was more so like, all right, let's dig into what you know, we knew I was about to make the transition into group right. coaching. We knew I was about to develop and, and tighten up my delivery for my clients. Like we, we, we just hit the rocket boosters, man. And, mm-hmm. and so we had to fix a few things and um, we got a 50 K launch like within a month, month and a half after I signed up and um, yeah, it's, we, we've been rocking. What were some key indicators that motivated you to 
take that leap of that investment. And it's not even like when people say you make an investment, it's never a risk for me to make an investment. It's, it's just me making a pivotal move. Like I need to make this move and it's a desperate move for me to make at that time. And I look at it, every move as a desperate move because that could potentially change everything for me. At 24K it could be a drop in a bucket for you later on in life. Mm-hmm. Like the way yep. you'll look at it. And that's just yep. part of your journey and part of your experience. But what were some of the key motivating factors of you taking that leap? Yeah. Uh, well, I, I want to speak on for real quick that it was, it's not a risk thing. Mm-hmm. So important. Like if you're a go-getter, right. if you're an action taker, if you're someone who you know is going to execute, you're not, it's not a risk. You're, you're, you're literally paying for speed. You're buying yes. speed, you're buying time wow. is what you're Love buying. It. And so it's, it's not a risk if as long as you know, you're going to do the work, it's a risk if you're like, well, am I actually going to show up now? That's another conversation. Mm, that's, that's a whole conversation. Yeah. We got to dive into that before you even, you know, but uh, for me, it was, it was the accountability. I was, I, I was longing for that. I had, I hadn't had that uh, really um, not to say I wasn't taking action. I just know what comes with some, some um, uh, strong accountability. It was support, right? Uh, that's support from a group of other coaches going after what I'm, what I'm going after, uh, support from a coach, uh, a mentor yep. who can see my blind spots, help me out with tightening up my strategy and whatnot. Um, and it was, it was direction. It was just, you know, continued strategy and direction on, on how to get to the next level. And, uh, so I'd say those are the three big components there. That was to me, it was just like, yeah. And even though it was a little like, and I just lost all this from speaking, I'm not, when am I going to have another speech like that? Who gives a shit? You got to move. Yeah. Yeah, I got to move success, love speed. Let's get it. You know? Right. Right. I love the way you answered that question the way you did, because a lot of people aren't going to go into depth and actually understand, or maybe identify when you identify some accountability mechanisms. It could be mentorship, coaching, maybe a spouse. You got to be careful with that shit. And, you know, maybe people around you, your social circle or circle of influence, lack thereof in certain situations and seeing where you really want to go. And sometimes it takes you to take a step back and be a little bit more aware of actually what's happening and things that you'd mentioned craving. When let's talk about that just for a second and and we'll we'll lead into the showing up part because that's what a lot of things that we talk about and I I believe it's true. It's all about you showing up in that present moment at that time and accepting everything that's supposed to happen. It did happen and you are supposed, you are where you need to be at that present moment at a time for a purpose and a reason and just like going back into jail, right? And that's, Mm -hmm. you were there for a reason. Yep. Yep. You, You were there for a reason, but you chose to lean in and show up and and create yourself, recreate yourself in a different version of yourself to come out of there stronger than where obviously you didn't put yourself in, right? So the question that I want to ask you, when you're in prison and you were there for four years, and I'm not going to go too much in detail with this, I'm I'm going to what actually led you to saying, you know what, fuck it, I need to make a move, man. I need to do something different. Because there's a lot of alone time you have to be, I guess, alone in your own thoughts. Because you can't control your thoughts, you can direct them. Mm-hmm. But when you're laying in your rack and you're laying there, right? And all these things and you're going back into what's happened and all the things that led you up to that point. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a defining moment when they make that switch. What was that moment for you like? So I was in, uh, this actually goes before prison. I was in county jail, right? Mm-hmm. No, bo- no bond sitting in county jail. We're, we're looking at minimum like 10 to 15 years. State's not working with us. We're, mm-hmm. you know, I'm down and out. And, I'm, and, and I get on the phone with my dad. I said, I said, pops, I said, I want you to know, man, that I really want to change. Mm. Right. I tell him, I say, I don't know how much time I'm going to get, but I want you to know that I, that I'm, I'm a, like, this is going to be the transformation. And I, I want, I really, I want the exact amount of time God wants me to have. 
not a day earlier, not a day longer. And that, after saying that, that was the first moment where we had hope for what was to come, right? This was a big moment. And he was just like, all right, son, we're, we're going to get through this. And about a month later, we had a huge break in the case. The state prosecutor got married to some doctor. She dropped her whole caseload. The new state prosecutor was friends with my attorney. They used to be public defenders with each other back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then I qualified for uh, what's called a downward departure, which basically to sum it up is the courts having mercy on me since it was my first time catching um, a felony charge, a serious yeah. charge. So they had some mercy on me. And so I qualified for that. Um, and rec- they offered me a year over the minimum time that you can get for that charge. So the minimum times three years, they offered me four. And my, my, my attorney said, all right, if, if you don't take this, I'm walking, you're going to you know figure it out. So, mm-hmm. so, so we took it, right? So I took the four years, uh, about two weeks later, I got shipped up uh, to the top of the panhandle in Florida, uh, got dropped off at a camp. And um, so going back to that phone call, I had the intention to change, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And we all, we got the intention to write the book, start the podcast, uh, start the business, fix the marriage, uh, correct our health, yeah. start reading more. The list goes on and on about these intentions we set, but having- and that's the exciting part. That's right? the exciting part is when you make that setting the intention. Like you had that intention. You had, the, you had the whole intention right there at the beginning before even your sentence and taking a deal, whatever it was, right? right? You already had it in your mind. I already know what I'm fucking going to do. I'm going to make it happen. I'm now I'm ready for change. And I think when you were having a conversation with your father, what you're doing is you're holding yourself accountable. That's where the accountability mechanism, that's why I was talking about identifying where you need to hold yourself accountable. And Wes and I had, you know, a couple incidents in our lives where we've leaned on each other in different times mm-hmm. to hold each other accountable. Because if any, if I know if I'm going to tell Wes, I'm going to ask my way of holding myself accountable because yeah. our relationship's different. Whatever he feels, I feel vice versa. And that's why we make such a huge impact in companies and corporations and with people is because mm-hmm. we know how to pick out certain things that people aren't saying to us and can sense actually what's happening because we put in the work and we're aligned. Yeah, I like, love that. I don't need to understand what Wes is thinking right now. I know what he's thinking. I know where he's going to go. That's why it makes an impact with podcasts. But for, I'm going to ask one more question to this. And I know that Wes has some, a few of them. I see his gears turning. <laughs> <laughs> but when you made that decision and you got to prison, right? And you yeah. got there. Yeah. So you already had the intention in your mind. Did you reach? Did they have support there? Did they have mm-hmm. people that could maybe help you redefine or help you point you in the right direction? Maybe not the coaching and mentorship, right, but right. did you, were you, were you kind of safeguarding yourself around? Yeah, they, were you a little bit more aware of negative influence around you? Cause you can go to prison for a year and stay uh, there for 20 because you can put yourself in fucked up situations. That happens right? all the time. Yeah. Um, this is a great question and it actually leads into the, the, the back half of this. Um, setting the intention is not enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Setting the intention, the list that we just talked about is not enough. And so I got to prison, I got dropped off. I'm in a whole nother world. And, um, I basically reverted back to what, to what I knew. Why? Because I didn't have a game plan. I didn't have the three things I told you. Why did I invest the 24 K? I wanted a game plan. I wanted direction. I wanted support. I wanted accountability. Those are the three things I listed, right? There may be some other things, but those are the three I listed earlier. I didn't have a single one of those three things when I, when I got dropped off at that camp. So as bad as I wanted to change, as, as, as clear cut as I set that intention to, with my father, to myself, uh, it, it, 
it wasn't enough. And so I reverted back to the means. I went back to where I was comfortable. I started glorifying yep. my past, wearing it as a badge of honor. I started selling and smoking cigarettes, justifying my actions saying, I've got four years. I got to help my parents out. They can't be sending me money. I got to make my own money. No, no, no. They don't want me selling cigarettes. They would be happy to, you know what I mean? But that's my justification to, to start doing what I know, what's comfortable for Eric based on where I was at that point in time. And so six months come around I basically wasted the first six months of my prison sentence. Six months comes around our dorms on the verge of a, basically a racial riot. And um, so I, I snapped out of it. I was like, Hey, Eric, you are going to come out the exact same way, if not worse, mm -hmm. if you don't do something different, if you don't change, you are throwing away this four years of your life. And so um, I reached out to my brother. You leaned in. You leaned, leaned in. in. That's how you realized yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. I reached out to my brother and I won't go into too much detail here, but this is a whole nother thing. He's a, mm -hmm. he's my first coach, uh, Stanford graduate, top hundred in the world at one point, tennis, professional tennis player. Mm -hmm. uh, golden child, black sheep is our family story. The black uh, sheep turns into the goat. You there you that. go. <laughs> I love that. Never, no one's ever responded with that. I like that. Black sheep. Black sheep turns. Oh. I'm, I'm black sheep. I'm like, at some point in my family, they were like, he's a black sheep of the family. Well, the black sheep's always turned into the goat. Oh, that's so good. Cycle baby. So oh, that's good. I get it. I love black sheeps. Oh, that's so good. I'm going to use that from this day forward. Um, so yeah, he played a huge role. He sent me two books. I, I told him, I said, Jeff, I don't know what I'm doing, man. I need some help. And so he says, all right, I'm going to send you two books. And then from here on out, we're going to get on a coaching call a week. Uh, mm. And we did that. And he helped, that. Me, he helped me with my game plan. He gave me the accountability. He gave me the support. We were off to the races uh, from that point on. It's important to have support. But in also having support where you're going to be really grateful that you have that support. And sometimes families walk away from certain people and family members and they put themselves in really poor and bad decisions and lead yourself into whatever situation. Yeah. And I think that's really amazing. Like, Wes, what would you like to add to that? There's so much there to dissect. I think it's beautiful what he said. Yeah, absolutely. And I, uh, I have kind of a, a double-sided question or a, yeah. a double question, I should say. So kind of, first of all, when you're that first six months that you talked about, mm -hmm. So how much of that was you kind of being a product of your environment as well? Like, so did your environment kind of force you to go that route right off the bat? The environment that I came from or the environment in prison? That, that you were in in prison, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the culture in prison is, is, is you know, we, we, have a, we got a 70% recidivism rate as a country, as a nation. So that, that shows you seven out of 10 roughly is going back to prison within the first three years of their getting out, right? The mentality is not to change. The mentality is now it's like you got a stripe. You know, you, 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 you went away. Now you come back out stronger, more knowledgeable. You had some time to sit, think, plan. Like, um, and, and, and so the, and also the system itself is not designed for rehabilitation. It's a money pit. So, you know, rehabilitating us and keeping us out is going against their business model. I'm not to say there aren't people in there, you know, volunteers, certain, certain officers and guards. I'm not to say there's not people in there that don't like, they're not all bad people. It's just the majority, majority of inmates, majority of guards, majority of the system is all designed to keep you in that fixed mindset, chained up, uh, both mentally and physically. And yep. so the environment itself, oh yeah, it will eat you alive. Uh, and and yeah. that will do, that will do that. That will propel you to do it on your own terms. And if you're not strong enough, the people in there will eat you up. So. Absolutely. And I think, and, and that kind of goes into my, my second question because people aren't like entrepreneurs or people here, like in, in the outside world, uh, they, they have the ability to control their environment, right? So they can say, Hey, I'm no longer going to hang around this person or I'm no longer going to be influenced. I can distance myself. But when you're in a 
quarters where you can't distance yourself physically. How, and I know obviously speaking with your brother and, and that side of it, but how did you even go about that process? Like how were you able to even maintain your own environment in your own mind right. while pushing away that other one? Yeah, man, this is a great question. So uh, this kind of goes into my whole theory. Um, small steps create huge change, right? It's, it's the series of small steps. Um, what happened is in uh, slowly but surely people got to see what type of time I was on, as they say, what type of time you on, what type of time you doing? They yeah. saw what type of time I was on. They, they, they saw that I was definitely moving in a different direction, drumming to a mm. different beat, right? And so as long as I was able to stand on my two feet and express confidently who I am and what I'm about, yeah, I still had to get in it sometimes. I still had to, if I got put in a bad situation, I had to, you know, whatever. There was like the, the, the environment still pulled me back. But when I made the decision, I wasn't, I wasn't with the gangs. I wasn't with the drugs. I wasn't with a, with, I was, I was on my time. Right. I, I actually attracted other people who were interested in that because again, mm -hmm. we got three out of 10, three out of 10, they want change. Yep. And even, even some of the seven want it, but they just, they didn't have want it bad enough or whatever the case is. Right. So I even attracted other inmates. I mean, I created a mastermind at one point. Uh, we went mm -hmm. through 21 uh, in the dorm. I had three other guys with me. Funny enough, seven out of 10, three other guys with me. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, I, I put together a uh, John F. Maxwell, uh, John Maxwell, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And we met oh, once it. a week, every week for 21 weeks. And we, we, and I, and I didn't even know what a mastermind was, man. I, I put that. So that's, that's just your way of you following your intuition. You're following your gut and you're following your, your, the right intentions behind everything. You're always being pulled towards your purpose in life. Yeah. You're going to be pulled towards it. If you're paying attention to your subconscious, because your subconscious controls your life. Yeah. That's so, where your purpose comes from. But go ahead and finish that. That was great. Yeah, I just want to sum it up with directly answering that question, Wes. How was I confidently stated and my actions backed it up? I mm. constantly stated, this is the type of time I'm on. This is who I am. And my actions yeah. backed it up. I always hit in that rec yard, getting my exercise in. Uh, when the dorm, we wake up for 4.30 in the morning for chow for breakfast. Everybody goes back to sleep until first count at seven. I was up in the day room, meditating, reading, taking notes, because that was my one time out of the entire 24 hours besides when you know it's at nighttime and even then there's people always up that's the one time where i can get silence and quiet time right so it's it's putting in so it's it's stating where you stand it's drawing the line confidently stating who you are where you stand what type of time you're on and then backing that up with your actions and and how much and this is kind of my final question into this yeah um how much was that time that first time in the morning when you're like essentially alone right alone mm -hmm. in your own thoughts how critical was that part to, to kind of reinstate everything and, and keep you moving forward on track that day and, and, and forward? Yeah, I, I, it's, I think for, I think it's more so like if I, I mean, I did that for, it was a solid, I, I had meditated every day for, I want to say close to two and a half years. There wasn't a day I missed it naturally. Like I don't have all the distractions that people in the free world have. Right. So yeah. it's easier, I think for me uh, at that point, but, but the, it was, it became who I was. Um, mm. But the, the real goal in that question is, man, I really, it's, it, it's hard for me to even, even put up, put a number or a value on what that did for me in a macro micro. Mm. Yeah. It helped my days. It helped me stay consistent. It helped me stay my frame, but macro, like what did two and a half years 
of meditating every day, visualizing my future self, not even knowing what my future self was going to be doing, just knowing it was going to be someone with character, integrity, someone successful. Like, what did that Taught do? Taught you a routine. Yeah. Man, like I, I bet that that affected me and impacted my psyche so much, like to a point I, I can't express. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that's so I don't know if that if that answered. Yeah. Well, he has a, a great way of being able to go into depth when he answers questions. And I love that about you. And you know where it comes from? Is you using your emotional intelligence. Yeah, I'd agree. And I find in those type of situations, and I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. So I get it. I can, I mean, we had a brief conversation before we hit record on this is I can have a conversation with anyone. I can have a conversation with someone that maybe is less fortunate and made some bad decisions and poor choices, but you got to realize that those poor decisions and choices that they made, their back against against the wall and they had to make those choices and decisions because their back is against the wall. You can't judge someone on what they did. You have to judge them by their heart and their intention. And when you're doing that, you're using your emotional intelligence. You're going to pick certain things apart. You talked about you attracted some people you know, inside of there and you had your own, you created your own masterclass. You, John Maxwell, I love John Maxwell. One of, I think my favorite book from him was the five levels of success or five levels of leadership. Mm. Um, the pinnacle level. I think I've shared that book with Wes at one point. Um, I had to reread it. I reread, I reread a lot of books mm -hmm. because it made such a huge impact. I catch something different from it. Yeah. But when you're looking in that type of situation, you made that transition. So now you're out and now you're making an impact with companies. You already know that you can make that impact because you, that's what a lot of people I see fail. They don't, get market validation that they're actually good at what they do. Oh, this is big. Yeah. And they try to just push it out, push it out, push it out, mm -hmm. but they haven't redefined themselves. And that's when you invest and you just need a direction. The reason why you need a direction because you were craving that because you lost that, I guess you would say routine, structure routine. I learned oh, yeah. my routine in the military. That's where I learned mine. It's just structure routine. You've got to go through routine. That's where I learned it. Mm -hmm. But when you made that shift and you already had that market validation and not really by making money, just making impact, that's beautiful. When you made that decision, it's like, okay, what was your next step? And how did you get to maybe get in front of people? Did you get in front of the right businesses? Maybe youth group, you know, you do some things with the youth. What was your, what was your start post situation yeah. and transforming yourself? Yeah. So the, the crux of it, right, is I've had since it's two, it's a, it's, it's a service mentality. Okay. How can I, how it's, a, it's looking to serve, not mm -hmm. sell. And then it's always, always asking yourself how you can add value, mm. right? So those two, that thought process there has been what I've built on for both my coaching businesses, my speaking business. It's, it's been, that's been the, the crux of it, the foundation. Love that. And, and so I, I, I say that now going into the detail, it's um, one of the big messages I, I share is you have to stretch your comfort zone. Um, for my speaking business, we were looking at going, uh, I got in a mastermind with Pete Vargas and Pat Quinn over at Adventure Reach. Mm -hmm. They're doing amazing, amazing things with all things speaking for businesses and coaches and consultants. Um, and I was in a mastermind with them in, um, at Grant Cardone's 10X, right? And so um, I leaned in to get help from them um, for my speaking business. And they had a big event coming up and they have what's called a speak off. And I was like, I was thinking about entering, but it's a $2,000 entry fee. There's a hundred speakers. You know what I mean? Top. I was like, no, nah, not this year, not this year. I'll do it next year. And my brother, my dad are like, what? Like, why? Like, let's just get you on now. Yeah, I, no way. Yeah. I didn't even have, like we were towards, we only had three, four months before the thing. So we had people signed up for the last seven, eight months practicing and dialing in their talk. And I was like, all right, you know what, you know, let's just do it. And so I jumped in there and that's, I stretched my comfort zone. That was the catalyst to the speaking business. Uh, that was, wow. so I, I ended up winning that thing. 
Um, and so I, okay. I that, that was my first speech in front of about 700 people uh, live at an event um, that got me my TEDx talk that got me, I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many big podcast interviews, like that was the catalyst all because of one decision of just putting myself out there and going for it instead of saying, I'll get to it next year. Uh, now's not the time or whatever. And, it, and I can give you a similar story for the, uh, for the first coaching business. Um, but it's really, it's stretching your comfort zone. So mm -hmm. leaning on those two foundational things, all, you know, a heart of service and, and it's serve, not sell. It's a heart of service. And then always looking, how can I add value to the marketplace? How can I add more value to my clients? How can I add, add more value, more concise value, impactful value, practical value to my audience? Uh, and, and then leading from there, it's consistently just massive, imperfect action. It's, it's consistent stretching your comfort zone. It's consistent dialing in adjustments. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the name of the game. Yeah. Measuring and reassessing. I mean, anyone yeah. can teach you how to monetize. I mean, it, and I say this a lot of, to a lot of people and I, I don't know who've actually said this the first time. Maybe I just picked it up from someone in order for you to truly be successful in life. You need to do what you do for a living and, and never seek a dime and never ah. seek a penny for what you do. And you did that when you were there. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Cause you were yeah. doing it to make an impasse that's where you learned that. Yep. Fast. And so now everything is just a blessing. You're, you're being grateful. And it's, I can sense that from you that you're just grateful for everything now. Yeah, I could give you, I won't do it, but I can give you a literally detailed story of my first client. I'm putting quotation marks up right now in prison and the change that we made. And actually the, the guard actually spoke to it. And we looked wow. at each other and we were like, we lit up. And this was like, it was acknowledged by a third party that this guy who'd been always getting into trouble had been making some serious changes. He was my first client technically, and he came to me. Uh, so the, the same what you just hit, this started in prison with both coaching and speaking. I was speaking to audiences. I got published in a newspaper while I was in prison for a speech mm -hmm. contest. So it was happening. I've read that somewhere, yeah. I yeah, love that yeah, about yeah. the content. Yeah. Hey, you, you mentioned TED Talk. It was one of my things of doing a TED Talk. I, um, people, got to. It's fun. And it's, it's really cool because I was like standing on a red dot. I watch a lot. I'm a, I'm a big, huge nerd, right? I, and Wes and we both, we all share this probably, is that I don't watch a lot of mindless entertainment. I just don't. Um, I do sometimes when I try to get my mind to shut off yeah, yeah. and try to shut down and, and, you know, get myself back to neutral, I guess you would say, get back to real life. But that Ted talk, like standing on that red dot and speaking, I guess you get like 15 minutes. How long do you get? 15 minutes? Yeah. 15, like 17, 15 to 18, somewhere in there. Something like that. It'd be kind of hard to put like a story into that for me. Cause I am, I'm, I'm long winded sometimes, especially when I get really passionate I'll go, my mind, I can't stop my mind. I'll pick up on something and I'll trigger something. I don't really need a game plan for what I want to talk about, but I guess I wouldn't need a game plan for that type of talk because I would go and just blow it up. And well, Chris, just, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely here for you. We have a framework that we use for that. So you reach out to me and I'll there, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Wes. Yeah. I don't know where I would start. I don't know where I would start. Swipe you know? up right now and I'll go ahead and we'll get you the, the first. Right, yeah, well, hey, you make that happen. I'll make it happen. And, you know, and that's my way of kind of testing, uh, I guess the waters on taking, what I do for a living. People ask me like, what do you do for a living? Like I make impacts with people and I change their lives pretty quickly. Would you like to know why? And then wow. I, I always leave wow. it open. They're and they like, said, yes. they're going to say yes. In the elevator to people and actually pass out business cards. And then it got to the point where I was coaching people individually and I was stretched way, you mentioned that earlier, being stretched way too thin. And I was like, I just need to figure out how to automate, monetize, set up, and then get to the point to where it doesn't take a lot of time or groups or speaking in front of people. You're mm. still making an impact, bro. Eric, you're, you're making an impact in a different capacity. Yep. And serving yep. on a higher level 
and people feel that from me because it's not about i think that's where a lot of the content that i see with people is always surface level and that's what made me so really excited to have this conversation with you today it's because of our past conversation it was i think we only were on the phone for like 30 minutes but we covered so much in that 30 minutes yeah because we both know each other's stories like not really but we just know a way of being able to put it in compact and put it together and making an impact to say, how can we both help each other? Because when we have people come on the show, man, we look at it as a lifelong, like friendship, a lifelong, you know, relationship. Yeah. It's not about you just coming on the show, going yours, going this, going that. Like anybody that I know, you know now. There you go. Like, yeah, and that's so. how and you have to be aligned though. Yeah. And if you're aligned to that frequency and what you're putting out and polarizing, man, it's powerful, bro. It's powerful. Yeah, that's, that's a good, yeah. Solid. What would you like to add to that, Wes? I think that well, that alignment piece is important, right? right? So, and that's and that's in the course of everything in life. Whether that's because that alignment, that's helping you put out that vibration that's attracting other people and other opportunities into your life. Because one thing that you mentioned, Eric, was you do you pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, doing that speaking engagement. That was the catalyst then to get you in front of major, you know, yeah. people, and yeah. then get you that exposure. So I think maybe something to talk about because people usually what they try to do is they try to put their product out there mm. and try to sell it and try to, you know, and then go out and try to get the audience and all of that. When it almost sounds like you did it in reverse, you were getting the exposure first. And then because you're speaking to your story, it's validating that the fact that people really need your help. And then you kind of made your way that way. Um, I guess if you can touch on that, what, what, like, what, how, what did that really look like for you? And what advice would you give people? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to uh, connection and clarity uh, on that, right? If you're pushing a product or service before you've connected uh, with your ideal client, with your market, with your audience, I think you're skipping some steps. Um, and I think, steps. I, think, I think beyond just the connection piece, it's also having clarity around the language that you need to use, how you should be showing up. Because if you're marketing towards a 60-year-old or 40 to 60-year-old woman, I, I pray to God that you're using different language than if you're marketing to uh, a 20 to 40-year-old you know, guy, right? And, and so dialing the specifics in of that, creating a connection through um, service-based, heart-based uh, business strategies, right? And that's through your content, your branding, doing stuff like I'm doing right here, uh, getting on podcasts, really stepping into your story. That's another big thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, these, these are components that can't be skipped. They can't, th those are things that have to be set up, I think, before you are looking to sell a product or service before you expect someone to purchase from you. How much do you feel like your story and like your value system helped you attract, whether it's, it's the right, yeah. of course, like the right people that you got in front of, but also the right clients and even helping you develop your product. Yeah. You're a big company. It's going to be harder to really uh, dial in on what I'm, I'm saying here. But if you are a small business, I mean, I, it, it really, it depends on uh, how, how much you can share without, I guess, if you have a board of directors and there's an image of, a biz, of, of, of your business, it's going to be a little bit challenging to make it about you, right? So this is going to be for our smaller businesses, you know, our, our, my, our, my coaches out there, consultants. Think about everybody in your space, all the competition. Uh, what is one thing that you have that no one else has? It's your story. No one else has your story. No one, that's you. That is your unique, that's a unique mechanism. That is a unique selling proposition as, as Jay Abraham talks about, right? And, and your story is absolutely key to people buy coaches, not programs. So yes. it, 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 I mean, you know what I mean? That and results. So it's like, 
for your branding, for your content, it's got to leak out. It's got to come out. Your store, I mean, it is literally at the top. It's the first thing you see when you land on my bio is, uh, you know, TEDx and keynote speaker, a little authority boost, but then right there, from prison to purpose, mm-hmm. right there. And, and Clear so- Clear concise, yeah. Yep, it really speaks to who I am, what I'm about, gives you some foreshadowing, piques the interest, whatever the case is. And then naturally through my content, through the brand itself, it comes out in different ways. So really sharing your story is, is I mean, man, I think it's, I think it's vital. Because it really goes back to being your authentic self. Yes. And a lot of people struggle with that. Um, and, and with you, I mean, you could have easily decided to hide, uh, you know, your past and, and not put it out there because a lot of people would, you know, sometimes be afraid of doing that. Right. And so how much do you feel like that's helped you? You know, you just being completely 100% yourself and, and authentic. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll share with you when it comes to speaking, coaching, uh, positioning, uh, at the end of the day, I don't, you don't have to have beat cancer. You don't, you have, you don't have to have gone to prison. Um, you don't have to have done anything, survived a crazy car crash. Like you don't have to have these huge things. If you do, they make for a good story. Great. Whatever. People love relatability. People love to feel like he gets me. And so the power in as a speaker, as a coach, when it comes to positioning yourself, right? Two things. One, you got to have some that make you larger than life. That's the reason why you're on the stage in the first place. That's Mm -hmm. the reason why you are in the limelight because you are larger than life. You have maybe gotten success. You've had mentors. You've done things that the rest of the people who are listening to you haven't done, right? But at the same token, on the other side of it, you just got to be you relatable. Just you got to, you have to be able to connect with everybody. If you're so much larger than life, people aren't connecting with that. They're like, yeah, but that person doesn't understand my struggle. They don't get me There's no connection there. You're too big. Right. It's it, when you have to keep that, um, you're unapproachable. Right. Right. And so it's a balance of the two things. And when you inject story, your personal story into, into different ways of your bit growing your business and in your messaging and all the things, uh, that's the relatability. And, and even if you have a mundane story, I promise you, if we get on a call and, and, and just the way it is, there are so many different stories that you have that people truly connect with. You live, you live, like you live a lot of different lives yeah. and, that, that, yeah. and a lot of different versions. You speak on those versions. A lot of people don't really don't care about the success. You know, you mentioned the positioning and you talked about thinking Ted, you know, Ted talk, right. And then yeah. that course is a huge, you know, credibility boost mm-hmm. and, you know, positioning, but then what inspires people is going, coming from your situation and, propelling yourself out of it and making an impact and in, in transforming lives. Yeah. That's what's inspiring and makes you approachable. When you mentioned, I wrote down a couple of things when you were talking, you talked about branding, you know, the objections and story and, and your story. And, and I believe that sometimes with people's story, they run away from their story because they don't want to feel those emotions and dealing with their own bullshit. Right. Mm, mm. But when you deal with your own bullshit and become more aligned and you rechannel everything and you define your story and you get your voice when you find your voice, now you can jump out in front of all the objections that people are going to throw at you. Yeah. So if I can give anyone a piece of advice, and I want to ask you this question, because I know, I know you do a lot of the rebranding stuff with your you know, marketplace and making an impact. When you're doing it that way, I always want to look at where your stories are in life and your pivot points and start asking yourself tough questions. Yeah. But you look for any, where you're exposed, where you can be exposed negatively. Mm-hmm. And that's where you need to do the work. Yep. Because that's what people are going to point out. Um, we watched a stand-up, and I know that Wes watched it as well as the older one now. It's probably like a year and a half ago, maybe a year. David Chappelle, love David Chappelle. And I learned, indirectly learned how to you know, anchor and frame and loopbacks. 
in sales from just watching stand up my whole life. But David Chappelle has one. It's called Stick and Stones, right? And I think he talked about the impressions. He never does impressions. He talked about the audience, Wes. Yeah. He's like, you let you do whatever you need to do, and you're gonna expose me because you're now a piece of shit and you're whatever. Like I'm talking about you. You're the hardest ones to please. You know the audience and mm-hmm. the way he framed that. He jumped out in front of way of ejection right at the beginning, and they pretty much dictated their own emotions and did a lot of loopbacks to getting to certain emotions and triggering some serious nlp right there right yeah Yeah, it's serious stuff and people they don't pay attention to it because they're not aligned yeah i pay attention to all these things i look i look for the sales side i look for but it's not about sales and people say oh it's sales no it's just about human interaction Mm -hmm. the human-based code for human interaction is if you become a little bit more aligned and you're emotionally intelligent a lot of people they couldn't judge emotional intelligence they said my motherfucker's got a mouthpiece you know like it's you can say whatever you need to i can talk my way into it and out of it but now i've studied the human brain so much on the human brain and psychology biology behind what really motivates people and how triggering emotions is important especially when they're unresolved i mean how much is that going to into your thought process when you're working with someone that maybe potentially has like a lot of different versions and stories of themselves mm-hmm. yeah we just uh, rebranding. What, what, where do you go to with that? Yeah. Um, I just did an intensive with someone yesterday on this. I think it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. yesterday yeah. Um, and so if you're still emotionally attached, if you're still in the thick of it, if you're still going through it, I wouldn't say it's the time to put yourself out publicly on that specific thing. I think we'll yeah. find other things that we can talk about. You know, if you're still growing through it, Um, I, I'm definitely, we have to talk about what that topic is, how deep it is, how sensitive it is. These are factors that are going to come in before I say, yep, that's your brand. Let's throw it out there so people can relate to you. Um, we want to make sure that we're conscious of that. Uh, so I'll, I'll kind of, I'll start with that. Um, from there, it's, it's just going back to how you share the story. So if you have multiple things, right? So this particular person had fitness, dancing, and then relationships, uh, trauma relationships, right? So there's three different major components and three different major stories that we can take her brand, but it's, what are you doing now? Well, if you're focused on relationship coaching, trauma-based healing, that sort of coaching, we're not going to spend our time diving into the to the to the fitness and to the dancing that she spent 18 years doing the fitness she spent 10 years doing the reason why is because just like uh just like you said chris when you go over to um when you're on a tedx talk if you don't have that concise message you're going to go all over the place all over the place so that's what happened when i said well let's start by you sharing me your story she went it was all over and it and and so what we have to do is we need to be conscious what's the goal right now what are we looking to do right now? What's mm-hmm. our main focus right now? And building messages that support that goal. Right. So meeting with the outcome more yeah, so? Well, being right. conscious of it. And, and definitely when we're, since we're talking about storytelling and using that to, to build our brand and to, to position ourselves, well, basically we can mention the fitness. We can mention the dancing because it's a part of who you are. We don't like skip sprinkles over Sprinkles on top, what you're saying. Right, right. Okay. We just don't build on that because it's not, it's not, you know, that's something we also, when we were talking about storytelling, creating a signature talk, getting on a TEDx stage, going on podcast, uh, or just in everyday marketing and content, that's something that we want to be aware of, right? Because mm-hmm. if it's too all over the place, people are confused. There's not enough right. clarity. When you do an intensive like that, yeah. are you just observing first? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And trying to take it all in. And then maybe what do you do? Do you set up another call after that? And a couple maybe a sequence and be like, okay, here's, here's what I see. And I'm staying within my zone of genius. A lot of people, they don't stay within their zone of genius. Mm-hmm. They're all over the fucking place. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I've, I've just rediscovered and took it to the next level and done different things. And I've done so much in different areas of my life, but you know, I talked about the reason why I'm asking about the rebranding. I went, I had to recently had to overcome a really fucked up situation. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've already got myself, I'm into the back end of it completely okay. where I've already, you know, you started the healing process. It's a healing process every day. You keep moving, keep growing, keep learning, whatever you're doing. Right. And I asked about that about rebranding is I know that Wes and I had a similar conversation about rebranding and making a shift in different areas. If I say, for instance, if you had all these different areas, like what would be the next move after you convey your message to whoever you're working with in intensive? Like what, mm-hmm. how do you deliver that to them for them to really see your vision? So framework that I've learned and that I've, it's, it's starting with the heart. It's starting okay. with the uh, emotion. So you can't just go into your three core concepts, your five pillars, your seven, you, you got to start with the heart to connect with your listeners, connect with your audience. So, and so it's starting with the heart and then moving into now, what is it that you're teaching them? So one of the big things that I share and get my clients to do is let's find two or three stories in your life that are connected to the outcome and goal that you want your people to do that you want to do. Let's connect. Let's find two or three or four main stories that are emotionally charged, are entertaining, are, are relatable. And let's connect a core message to each one of those stories. So like I shared the story today that intention setting is not enough, right? That's a core message that I have for my clients, my community, my audience. And the story is on the phone with my dad, going to prison, reverting back to my means. That's the story. So we can connect the message to that story. And so now every time I get on a podcast, right, like I'm able to deliver high value to my, cl- to my listeners for your show. If I get on stage right now, I have go-to stories and messages. Yep that are part of my brand. The problem and the mistake people make is they're just so like wing it, which I'm, I'm, I mean, Hey, like if, if I'm not saying that can't work, I'm just, I'm just saying that there's a better way to go about it to where you're confident about what you're saying. And you know that you're on brand. You're on. You gotta have go-tos. You gotta have go-tos. Yeah, man. And, and it so, sparks, it sparks people's interest. You're bringing something new and you, and you've, you've lived it and you experienced it's your story. So yeah. it's the only way for you to deliver it with a, you know, and showing your heart and connecting with people yeah. and being relatable, you're going to have to show your heart. And you talked about things that you're really good at and really things that you want to talk about. Yeah. Like, and it, well, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier real quick. I mentioned earlier, stretch your comfort zone. I have a story yes. for that. And I share it in my TEDx talk. If you guys want to hear it, it's the second, it's the second you part. Send it to me. Yeah. Send it to me, man. I, okay. I, I didn't have a chance to listen. I know you did it and yeah, I, I yeah. just didn't have a chance to listen to it completely, but I, I knew your story and, I, and it just really can, it's really inspiring because there's a, and Wes will really agree to this because when I know that when you came on the show, it's like, you got to realize how deep this guy is. Mm. He's not just, Hey, I went to prison. I transformed my life. I'm making money online and, you know, doing whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean? yeah. And so there's a lot of layers. It's a little, it's a little bit more than that. Yeah. Fucking work, you know, yeah. like, and you, people know that and people can sense it and people can read it and you don't need to tell them. And that's the most important thing. I think that's beautiful. Wes, talk about that for a second if you can. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to kind of go back on one thing that you yeah. said that I think is extremely impactful. Um, definitely want to ask you a question around it. So yeah. you talked about when you're, when you're working with people and you're developing that story. And one thing you mentioned that I don't think I've ever heard anybody say, 
as when, you know, when it goes to, comes to this topic is the emotional based healing, the trauma based healing and talking through that piece and going through it with somebody. Cause that takes a lot of emotional intelligence and a lot of understanding. So my, my question for you on that is how much of that capability that you have there came from, it came learned, like you actually studied it and how much of it comes from personal experience and you having to go through that yourself so that you're able to teach someone else and go through it with them? Yeah, that's a great question, man. Um, I, I feel like it can definitely be something that if you lean into and you start reading about taking action on, um, and, and spending time on, you're going to get stronger at, right. You're going to get stronger mm-hmm. at developing. I, I would be, if I said that this is something that, um, I mean, prison had a lot to do with this, man. You know, you, you, you get to, you learn to read people and you have to, uh, to, to survive in there. It's one big chess game. It's constant manipulation who can get over on who, I mean, you got to watch out for every, which move you make. Um, and so for me, a big thing was a big thing was that environment taught me that early on, right? Four years of that. I had to like, you go in, um, uh, what's his name? Robert green. He has uh, the author of 48 laws of power. Um, <laughs> I didn't love that book. His second, his other book mastery. So good. I love all this stuff, man. That guy, what it was about, man, my life. I was like, holy shit, I do these. I don't even think about what I'm doing. I do these things. So yeah. 48 Laws of Power threw me off because like, I felt like it was kind of like getting over a lot of the laws or like getting over on people. You got to, that's what I'm saying. You got, I I feel what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's another way of, you know, manipulating people. Right. People, when they say the word manipulate, they think it's a bad word. It's not a bad word if you do it with the right intention. Yeah. How you use it. And that's where the 48 Laws of Power, when I read that book and it really made an impact with me is, It really helped. And it kind of tied into the Dr. Eric Byrne games. People play with me. I love that. I haven't, book. I haven't read that one. That's yeah. a really good book. Cause people play games all the time and they're playing games with you subconsciously, not really consciously. Right. And they're trying to project a certain things or suppress whatever. I don't know. But when I read that book, I really, I tied into that piece and I understood the word manipulate yeah. manipulation. And I understood what that meant because a lot of people, when they think of sales or think of influencing or doing some type NLP, you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm, yeah. I believe in some of it. I think I take so many pieces from so many different references and, and people and books. I've read so much and, right. and all the knowledge I gained over the years and debunking things, trying new things. And ma- I made it my own. Yep, so that key. word manipulate is not a bad word. If you have the right intention and you want the best for the other person, Yep. Or and you're putting yourself in their shoes. Yeah, I can see. I could definitely. I could see that for sure. Um, and and to dial that in, Wes, what I was the Robert Green talks about first. When you guys, for our listeners, if you're in corporate, if you're uh, if you're a student, you're in school, if you're in a new space, going online, uh, the first thing he talks about at the start of the book is observation mode. And so I'm in, I'm in prison. I'm observation mode. I'm taking everything and it's all data. Now with our business, we track everything. We got data on everything and that's our feedback data. We base our decisions off the data, not the drama. And so when, when, when we look at, when we look at uh, that, the e, you know, EQ, um, observation mode and, and taking all that in and learning how to interact with people and going back to what I said, expressing who I am confidently, even though it's against the grain and whatnot, uh, a lot of that then came into coaching. And so it's uh, as a coach, we're, we're an expert. You're, you, if you are a coach in something, you are an expert in your space and, and look at an expert, look at a doctor, look at a lawyer. What do they do? They intake information. 
They, that's what they're doing. They're listening and intaking information. And then based on their experiences and their expertise, they're making a recommendation, right? They're not selling you. They're simply saying, this is what I recommend. And so a big part with my clients, it's, it's looking and, and then it's, it's listening. It's taking it in. Yeah. It's seeing it's, I have to be aware. What are they saying? How do they feel when they say that? Are they ready to share this? If we're talking about storytelling, um, is this something that's going to help their brand hurt? Their, I'm just listening. I'm intaking information. And then based on my experience, my expertise, my EQ, you know, all the things that comes into when I make my recommendation on, on what the best move would be. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, there's so much there, Wes. I mean, it's sometimes a lot of people when they hear things, it's just they hear it and they hear it and they hear it, but it's, they got to feel what you're saying. And yeah. that's what you're talking about with that. Cause if you misdiagnose a problem with someone that's malpractice in, you know, being a doctor, you can kill someone. Right. Yeah. You lose your license. You know? yeah. So if you do it as a coach, you could potentially ruin their life, like yep. completely ruin their life. And we, we're working with people that, you know, you talked about the first investment you made about 24K. You were talking about people like making over 100K, 200K, 500K, you know, mm. quarter million dollars, whatever, yeah. right? Investments in themselves or in businesses or in mm. opportunities. But once you start changing the way that they actually are viewing the situation, and that's where the observation, I love that you said that. When I very first meet someone, I'm usually just writing down things. I know I ask simple questions and I want to see what you're saying, what you're not saying to me, how you're saying it to me, where's your go-to. And then I'm going to, start, I'm going to look for the pressure points. Mm -hmm. I'm going to apply the pressure point. I'm going to see where you're going to run to. So I'm going to knock down those objections, your running points in your mm -hmm. comfort zone. I'm going to knock all down those walls. You have nowhere to run. It's kind of like you in a dark room, you turn a light on I'm like, oh shit, I'm standing right there. I'm like, yep. Got you. You can't <laughs> run now because a lot of people, they run away from their problems and I suffer from this and that's how I'm able to pick up on it because I used to run away from pain. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. situations like my yeah. sister and then I ain't going to get into all that. This shows about you, but going into this, I had to discover all these things about myself and you talked about those stories and making it relatable because mm -hmm. those are my go-tos. Yep. When I need to make a point and I use it a lot about uh, making an analogy, how much, because it is easy to talk about what you do, right? And the things you had to overcome. And I asked this question to a couple people in, in, a, in a different way. But when I'm asking you this question, I want you to kind of really take it in. Okay. When you are working with someone that's not getting it, how much do you use analogies and how much do you try to spark their interest in trying to push a button on a certain emotion and dropping an anchor on that emotion so they actually can feel it in a different way where their emotions aren't attached They're mm -hmm. looking at the outside looking in? Yeah, this is a, it's a great question. Um, when I'm talking to my fitness coaches, I'm not giving analogies of uh, anything but fitness. If I'm talking life coaches, I'm talking all things life coaching, performance coaching, things that relate to their space. If I'm helping, uh, it, it's you have to be conscious of who you're talking to. You have to be conscious of the elements that are involved with that particular person. And um, it's not to say you change as a person by morphing into and bringing up different things. What you're doing is your level of consciousness, your awareness of who you're talking to, you're changing the dialect or the language you would use to fit that person's paradigm. Mm -hmm. yep. So extremely great, great important answer. in sales, extremely important in marketing, like big, <laughs> huge. If you know, there's a meme right now uh, that I'm about to use for a reel where the lady comes on and it's like one of those ad commercials or infomercials. And she's saying like, 
you can do this right now, but not tomorrow. And then uh, next day in seven days, you're going to be so happy. And I promise it's the best, uh, like, and it's, she's going literally all over the place. You have no clue what she's saying. She's saying a bunch of good things, but it's just so funny. And by the end of it, you're just like, you're kind of like a dog head turned. And so, like what the, what did she just say? So yeah. many, co- so many coaches, their messaging is just so blown. Oh, it's it's just off. So you off. turn me off. Yeah. Like a lot of people, they, they ask to come on shows or they'll get recommended. That's why I do a point of contact. Yeah. With people now, because I don't like just going on shows and not knowing much about them. It's different reading a bio. Anybody can read a fucking bio. Like I want to have a conversation and really read you. And then that way I can know that it's going to bring something different to the audience. We have a lot of different types of guests that come on a show. And I want to ask you one question. And I know sure. we're going to get, I don't know how much time you have. And I think everyone's time is important, right? Yeah. I wouldn't say that I struggled with, but when I went back to, you know, Charleston, South Carolina, that's where I'm from originally. And you're from Banger, right? I know it's not Banger, but <laughs> when you're from, I'm from Charleston. When I've come back home and I've done so much in my life and I've transformed myself, recreated myself, done different things. And they see, they refuse to see you in your new skin, you know, see you in your new light, the new you, the new mm-hmm. Eric, mm-hmm. the transformed Eric, the ones making an impact in all these companies with people, TED Talk, all this. When you run, cross your path with someone that used to know you and saw you at a glimpse of time and took a snapshot as a memory, how do you communicate with them? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I yeah. love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I don't either. <laughs> I don't uh, either. There's nothing we can fucking talk about. What are we going to talk about? Yeah, there's nothing to talk we're, about. We're going to talk about you're still I drinking wish- the same beer, singing at the same stool in the same bar? I, I wish you the absolute best. I appreciate and thank you for your judgment. Um, yes. I, uh, and, and yeah, I'm going to keep rocking over here. Um, and, and I hope you, um, you know, get to where you want to go. And that's yeah, it. I wish you well. Yeah. And that's, that's it. Right. That's, that's, a great, that's a great answer because a lot of people, they go to try, because they, they have something worth of value now. And they think that just because they have something worth of value, they need to change everyone's life. No, everyone's no, life. I don't no. change everyone. I change the ones that want it. And they and want, the, they want the, they're searching for the information. I, I've read somewhere, uh, Michael Jordan, the reason why he couldn't get, he mentored Kobe. He mentored Kobe because Kobe wouldn't leave him the fuck alone. You know what I mean? Mm. And it showed him that he was interested in what he wanted, you know? And, but that's, that's what mentorship and that's what coaching is all about. When you, when you're doing the right things, people come and come to you for a specific and explicit knowledge. And they're trying to use that knowledge not to copycat or emulate or do different things and saying your story. No, because it can't, they can't communicate it because it's not yours, right? It's not right. theirs. Yeah. It's, just, it's yeah. not authentic. And yeah. I see a lot of this and that's where people say, I think I was on a show and they asked me, because how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Like, I don't. Mm. I don't yeah. because I'm aligned. I, 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 know, I know that I deserve the life that I created. Yeah, that's and that's solid. just another stepping stone and getting me to where I got to go. I have no idea where I'm going. I mean, I might be the prime minister in the fucking UK by the time it's over with, you know, like, I, who knows? Like, yeah. Because <laughs> I'm in England. I don't know, man. Like, yeah. no one knows what you're really destined for. I might not make it to tomorrow. But that's why you're being grateful for who you are and being authentic and just trying to polarize certain things out. I think it's just amazing, man. I appreciate all the knowledge and nuggets that you dropped on this show. Like, goodness gracious. I mean, for them, I know that you have, you know, the next level coaching, you know, uni, right? And you have all the things that you're doing, I guess, what, what are the best ways for our company and, and maybe people that are tuning in for the show or maybe indirectly listening in for some of the contracts we have and are looking for explicit knowledge that you can bring to the table? 
what's the best way for them to find you other than social media? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you, if you are somebody who is looking to take your expertise, your knowledge, uh, the passion that you have, and, you, and you're looking to uh, monetize that and impact mm-hmm. people, right? Impact and the income is secondary. Income is natural, right? If that's something you want to do is make an impact, you want to serve people based on what you already have, your innate uh, um, uh, passions and, and uh, the skill sets, right? Uh, reach out to me. It starts with, uh, it starts with uh, just a simple connection, right? And, um, it, and we're here to serve you. Our, one of our big separation factors as, uh, as a business is we want to over-deliver. Like we are cutting into our profit margins right now based on like I'm bringing in other coaches to over-deliver to my clients, right? And it's, and it's giving support that my other peers, great coaches, there's, there's just, you're not getting this level of high touch. You're not getting this right. level of support at this price point. You're just not. All right. And you can get it. I'm not saying you can't get it right. We're not, but at this price point, that's our unique selling proposition is over delivering with the amount of high touch customized coaching, right. Uh, at this price point. And so if you're somebody looking to grow online, uh, if you're looking to grow your business online and, and, and really separate yourself and position yourself strong in the market, then yeah, we're here for you. And it starts with a conversation. So uh, without social media, because I would just say DM me, um, right. man, I'm tempted to drop my phone number right now. Uh, like right. Mike Jones, if you guys do what you gotta Mike. do. Yeah. Like it. You know what you guys, listen, I've never done this in, but it's like four, zero, seven, three, nine, eight, four, four, six, seven. That is my personal cell phone. 407-398-4467. Send me a text. Let me know. You heard me, uh, on the win-win. Let me know that. that some you, courage. Yeah, man, I'm here for you guys, man. I'll, let's let's, and if you're a weirdo, I'm gonna block you. Uh, that's, that's, that's amazing. You do. I mean, it shows how authentic you are. I'm here to connect, man. I mean, a lot of people that they don't give you direct, I don't give direct people access, direct let's, access. Let's, hey, and, let's, but that was, but it shows exactly who you are. I, it's it, well, it's, it shows the amount of time I'm going to give. I don't care. Like right. I, I give people the, free yeah. value in the DMS all day long. Like I, this is what I do. I love this. This is lights me up. I live, eat, sleep and breathe this stuff. Right. So, you know, it's, yeah, I'm here to connect with you. If it makes sense, we'll help you out. If you're a good fit, if we know we can help you. Um, but uh, yeah, this is, this has been great. I appreciate what you guys are doing and your mission and I'm happy to share my, my message and, and uh, deliver some value. So. Yeah. I appreciate you being part of the journey and, and part of the show. And, and, you know, anytime that you ever want to come back on and, you know, vice versa, like you, you mentioned that you bringing other coaches on. I mean, I would love to come and speak, guest speak just for a few, you know, maybe yeah. a day or whatever that, whatever you need from me. It's all about, that. you know, making a collective impact. So it's yeah. all about, so anything that I can do to support you or, you know, Wes is the same way we're open books, man. So it's just, you know, you don't ever have to ask, us to do things. I can probably sometimes sense if you need something from me or I see an opportunity for you, maybe people that I know that you need to know and advice for that's what I love about what we do for a living. Cause if you're aligned, you're going to, you're going to stick in and you're going to yeah. stay there and you're going to stay there for a long time. Wes, anything you'd like to add my man? Like this has been a beautiful uh, show. Uh, Thank you so absolutely. much. You know, I'll, um, I'm just going to kind of close out with one question, one last question yeah, for sure. Eric. And you know, people listening to this right now, they know what you do, why you do it. They understand who you are. Obviously, you have the credibility. If somebody reaches out to you, they know you're gonna get, they're going to get that level of service and they're going to get exactly what they're looking for. But now kind of, you know, what, if, you can have, if you can give one piece of advice mm-hmm. to someone who is maybe thinking about going to a coach, that's not you in this case, right? To, okay. yeah. to a different coach. Yep. 
what is what is one piece of advice that you can give them to know that they're not just somebody who slapped coach on Instagram and mm-hmm. is, and doesn't know what they're talking about that they're actually the real deal and can help them. Yeah, that's a great question. So one thing is testimonials. Uh, you need to see testimonials. Don't buy off of emotion. Uh, uh, and don't buy solely off of emotion. I think there's always emotion involved. Uh, but but testimonial social proof is absolutely huge. And for all my new coaches, I don't care who, this is a little quick on the side here. I don't care who you've helped, uh, distant, third relative, removed, uh, stepmom, friends. If you've helped anybody and you're just getting your practice starting uh, started, you need social proof. Reach out to every single person you've helped for free and ask for a video or written testimonial right now with with the way the world is and and how things are going online is is getting bigger and bigger social proof is one of the defining factors moving forward Uh, so that's that's huge now to go back to it one of the things I say is when you go to these celebrity coaches right these multiple seven figure eight figure coaches what you have to recognize is that they um, and there's nothing wrong on their point. They're, they're not, it's not to say they're not, they're great coaches. That's why they're, they're at, at the level they're at for the most part. The problem is, is when you're someone new, just getting started, you, you, you they're, in my opinion, they're too far removed and yes. you're not going to be able to 100%. pay. You're not going to be able to pay the high ticket prices that they're charging to get access to them. So although you resonate with them, you like their demeanor, you like their story, you like their things, you aren't getting them. You're going to get other coaches and you're, you're lucky if you get any of them, especially as they get bigger and bigger. So the you're one thing gonna is, speak to them, you're never going to speak to them directly. Never. The, one, the one thing is when you're looking at these celebrity coaches, be conscious of how far are they along and how, where are you at? If you're just getting started, those big, big names may not be the best fit for you because you're not going to get the level of attention that you truly need and want, especially just starting out. Now on the flip side of that is if you go to someone who's just a, a step ahead of you or somebody who is like you just said, they slap coach on their, their thing and they don't have uh, the true strategies, formulas and success rate that you need, but they just have a really, really good price because again, they're just trying to get started, you're going to end up shooting yourself in the foot there. So it's finding a balance of credible uh, success rate. And that usually means you're going to have to put some skin in the game. You're not going to get it for a, you're not shop, don't shop on a discount, uh, put some skin in the game, but then not so far removed where you're not going to get access to them. It's that happy medium, as I say right now, uh, is where you need to really be focused on. I love that. I love that. You have to look at it all. I like to look at it as a stepping stone. Yes. You looking? Yeah. Like, look at it and say, okay, what can I learn from this source? Yep. To get to this source, to this source, to this source, to this source. Then I can get myself. Then now now I'm relatable. Now I have a lot more value. And when I turn the light on, and that's the thing about, like, when you do recordings and shit. Like, when the light turns on, I'm live. I'm I'm in color. I'm ready to rock. No mistakes. I'm authentic. But Mm -hmm. if you tell me I had to record something, I'm like, I don't want to. I'm not plugged into my energy source. Mm. If that makes sense. Like I have to have that human interaction and that connection with people to feel the energy. So that way when I'm transferring energy into people, I'm getting it back into me, recycling it. And I think that you mentioned something and you do looking at these seven or eight figure coaches and they're slapping coach next. So you're never going to get to that person unless, you know, you go to an event or you have these people success on. Or, or you're paying or you're paying. Right. You're paying, out of the, you're paying out of the yin yang for, for something that you're not going to see a valuable return from not yet. Yeah. You don't need that yet. You're not going to understand it. Your mind's not impressionable for it yet. Yeah. Right. So I, you I love that it. you said that. And thank you Wes for asking that question. Yeah, it was great a great question. question. Yeah. Great question. Absolutely. Anything else that you need from us? 
Um, I need to have you on for IG live, whatever we need yeah, let's to do. do. It. I mean, anybody that you want me to, you know, have a conversation with, come on shows, whatever, man, we're, we're open books, both of us. So yeah. anything you need from us is open, we're wide open. I appreciate you coming in and, you know, holding space with us, sharing your knowledge and making yep. an impact. But anybody listening to this, just go kill it, man. Just yeah. take this in. And I hope that this can really help you understand. It's all about making that choice. And it's all started about making that choice and decision and holding yourself, looking for that accountability mechanism, identifying that. And then you making and starting leading with the intention. I thought that was amazing. I made an impact with me. Thank you. Yeah. If you guys, uh, if a if an ex drug dealer, uh, drug addict, ex convict, convicted felon can do it. Um, I mean, what's, what's stopping you? Yeah, so, nothing stopping. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not, nothing except yourself. So small steps create huge change. Um, let's, let's get clear on what those steps look like depending. And, and, and that's for each area of your life. Let's get clear on what those steps look like. And let's get you those three things we talked about at the start of the show, the, the support, the accountability and the direction, and let's get rocking. Beautiful. Well said. I don't even, I might drop. <laughs> I'll see y'all later. Peace I appreciate out. you guys. See ya. All right. Take care.